This is Return to Daydreams, the podcast, and I am your host, Jasmine. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. I am so happy that you are tuning in. I am recording this episode from my bed. I am literally laying in my bed. I have to be real with you. I record my podcast in a lot of very strange situations and places and that is a part of why it took me so long to roll out the podcast. I have had episodes and ideas for episodes for like a year. If you were on my email list, you know that I announced the podcast or that I was at least thinking about a podcast or that it was in the works over like six months ago and the reason it took me so long to roll it out is because I had this grand idea of like having a podcast set up. I wanted, you know, everything to be super professional. I wanted to have a space that I did it. I wanted it to be its own designated thing. But I travel a lot. I just got back from a two week trip. And I knew that it was not realistic for me and the way that I create my content to have an idea while I'm out traveling on the road and then wait until I get home in order to film it that's just not how I create my content when something hits me or when I get an idea I just go with it I just write it right there and then and then I'll go back and I'll edit it or I'll you know put it with something else and you know formally create like a post or a blog post or a post on social media or something like that but when inspiration hits or when I get an idea, I like to execute it pretty quickly because it's the most potent when the idea comes through. And so I knew that I was not going to be the type to, you know, have an idea, wait until I get home to record it. I was going to end up recording it in my audio what is it called like the memos that you have on the iPhone I was going to end up recording it as like a memo. And so I just kind of I, I guess I didn't feel like that was good enough. I, I felt I wanted to feel like professional and obviously these are like stories and it just wasted a lot of time. <laughs> this is why I I say all the time to like embrace who you are and embrace how you th- how you do things because how you do things is the right way to do things for you. So a lot of my podcasts um, are very raw, very unfiltered, very real. I would say this is the most real <laughs> I get in my content. Like, not that I'm not, you know, real in my blog posts, but I definitely express myself a different way through the written content than I do through audio or through video. But yeah, I digress. That was not the point. <laughs> the point of this episode, this episode today is about manifestation and identity. That is what I want to talk about today. And this is something that I feel like I don't see a lot. I don't see a lot of people talk about how who you think you are and what you think you're capable of is the foundation of how and what you manifest 
it is the most important thing in your manifestation journey. If you are going to work on something because you want to manifest something different in your life, when you want to go to another level, when you want to experience something completely different in your life that you never have, the place where you want to start is your identity. Who do you think you are? And what do you think that you are capable of? What do you think that that means about you? Our identity is so wrapped up in so many different things and it's constantly being influenced by the people around us, by the things that we consume, by the things that we tell ourselves. It is, like I said, the foundation from which you manifest. And this is not, I don't want to like come off like this is like a totally new idea. It's not. But I feel like the way that I talk about it is something that I haven't seen a lot. And that's why I wanted to make this episode because like I said, this isn't a new idea. If you are familiar with Neville Goddard's work, if you're not, I highly recommend Googling him and just going through or um, typing his name in on YouTube and some of his like lectures will come up. But Neville Goddard is a famous mystic spiritual teacher, Um, that taught in, I believe, the 40s, the 40s, the 50s, um, about manifestation. And he called this identity, the way that I'm describing it, he called it um, states, states of being. So he would talk about how being in a certain state of being would help you manifest automatically just by shifting into that state. So for example, the state of the person that is unloved the state of being unloved or rejected comes with certain consequences and it comes with certain outcomes so if you believe yourself to be someone who is constantly rejected who's constantly look over there are certain things that will manifest automatically because you believe that about yourself so you know people don't invite you anywhere you constantly find yourself feeling left out when you're with your friends or you feel like no one understands you or no one thinks that you're special you you constantly feel invisible those kinds of feelings and manifesting those kinds of experiences in your life would all come as a consequence according to Neville as being of being in the state of someone who is rejected someone who is unloved and it just happens automatically whereas if you shift it into the state of someone who's loved who's someone who's magnetic and charismatic you would then automatically manifest the things that come with that state so you would constantly have friends around you you would constantly you know if you were single you would constantly be going on dates where people loved being around you and were was super interested in you always calling you back always asking you for a second date and if you were in a relationship you would find that you felt loved and adored and doted on and all of that would happen automatically just by being in the state believing yourself to be someone who is loved and I love the way that he talks about it and I love the way that he explains it and I've also of course adapted it through my own lens of understanding and of being but essentially what he talks about in his work I have found to be absolutely true. We manifest from who we are. And there are lots of techniques, especially now that 
information about spirituality is so much more accessible than it used to be. I'm 25, but when I got into manifesting, I was like nine or ten and back then there was a tiny little area in Barnes and Noble where you could buy spiritual books and people would still look at you funny and I think a part of that was where I grew up I grew up in a pretty small town where people just didn't do that so that definitely didn't help but just where the world was in general things like that were not necessarily popular like there were tiny bite-sized pieces of spirituality that were a part of pop culture and always have been like astrology but things like how it is now where there's an entire industry of spiritual influencers that was not a thing not at all a thing and as a result we get more accessible information you can look up so much and read so much about manifestation and how to manifest anything you want but a lot of the information is very very surface level that is what I found that a lot of the information stops at a certain point if we're talking about manifestation like levels a lot of what's out there stops at about level three it's all very and I don't mean that to like bash any one person or to say that like what's out there doesn't work or like only what I teach like none of that I just mean that we don't we talk more about techniques I've found than we talk about how to do the really deep work in order to manifest a life that you love there are so many things about manifesting money or manifesting 10,000 or manifesting a partner and I even have stuff like that different types of blog posts and content that can help you with that but what I'm talking about is really what's I see a lot of on like TikTok and Instagram like the 369 method or scripting which if you don't know what that is is like writing something that you want to manifest in present tense so like if you were manifesting a house you would say when you were scripting I love my new home the hardwood floors feel so good in the morning I love the way the light comes into the kitchen I love sitting at my new table like all of that that in that way that would be scripting but Things like that are techniques and they work. But if you don't do the deep work on yourself, on who you think you are, on what you believe about yourself and what you actually believe is possible for you and the limitations that you've placed on yourself due to who you think you are and what you think you're capable of. If you don't do that work, you're constantly just chasing a new technique. It's one thing after the next. It's crystals and then it's candles and then it's energy cleansings and then it's Reiki. And I love all of those things. Before I taught what I teach now, before it was so, I guess, like (laughs) more, I would say I teach more now about ideas and about perspective shifts and about how to see the world in a different way. But before I was doing that, I taught about spirituality my first blog I've talked about this was on tumblr and it was completely different I talked more about more witchy things I talked more about like tarot and oracle and candles and things like that and it's I love all of those things like if I go to spiritual shops all the time for fun I will blow like 
a hundred dollars every time I walk into a spiritual shop on candles. If you've never heard of um, House of Intuition, it is um, in LA, but they have other locations. I know they have one in Florida um, and they have some somewhere else but I can't remember where they also have an online store so you can shop online but I literally go into house of intuition all the time and spend tons of money I love candles I love spiritual things like that I love the vibe of them I love how they make me feel but I also understand that how I perceive myself is the most important thing in my manifestation journey it is the most important thing the most profound thing that I had learned and that's what changed my life viewing myself as a different person is what changed my life and we have a lot of we have a lot influencing our identity. We have the people around us. We have our parents. We have, if you're in touch with your extended family, we have our friends. We have the content that we consume. We have the place we're from. And what I mean by that is a lot of us have preconceived notions about who we are because that's someone told us that. Or we were in a family where we were like, we were told, oh, well, that kind of thing just isn't for people like us. And for me, I know one of the identities I really had to let go of in order to start to see some really big changes in my life was the identity of like the small town girl. I, which like, I know if you're not from California, a lot of people don't think that small towns can exist here. I think a lot of people who've never been to California kind of just think, everywhere is Hollywood which is just not true (laughs) which is not true at all but I would say that it's not small like it was population less than 10,000 people I know that there are definitely smaller towns but it was still a very small place everyone knew everyone everyone's parents had gone to high school together and their parents had gone to high school together and it everybody knew everybody it was a very small place and I had a lot of thoughts and ideas and beliefs about myself because I was from somewhere like that specifically around money and around what I thought I could achieve in the world I remember when so when I graduated high school I did not go straight to a four-year university I actually did two years at a community college and then I transferred to a university And in those first two years of community college, I was really building up my self-esteem and academic confidence, but honestly, just confidence in general. High school was really, really tough for me. That's another story for another day, but it was very tough for me. And I thought because it was tough for me and because I struggled so much mentally during high school, I thought that I was stupid. I did not think I was smart enough even to go to college. And every day I was disproving that about myself. And basically in those two years, I completely turned my life around. I went from struggling in high school because I never, I was never present because I was struggling so much mentally. I was so much happier in college and I 
was on the dean's list every semester in college and every day with my actions and going to class and studying I was proving to myself that those things I thought about myself weren't true I wasn't stupid I wasn't not capable of anything I wasn't I was rebuilding myself bit by bit and at the end of that I got into university I've talked about this I went to college in San Francisco um I at first was really really intimidated by that even though I'd had so much success at my community college I had so many stories about well you're just from this small town of course you've had success here of course you've had success here you're gonna get to the city and they're gonna chew you up and they're gonna spit you out you're not smart enough to go to a school like that you who do you think you are all of my stories about being someone who was from a small town came up and they wreaked havoc and it wasn't until I changed that perception about myself that I was actually able to move forward in a meaningful way and actually start to manifest things in my life to look different and getting caught up in that small town mentality it haunted me it didn't just end with the city it was everything it was what I thought kind of places were accessible to me like growing up I didn't know anybody who traveled I knew maybe a couple of friends and their families who had been abroad it was just not normal to be where I was from and travel and live the kind of life that I wanted to live I had never seen someone in real life live that way and in my head at the time I really identified with being you know just a small town girl and that's really what it is is that we stop ourselves with we're just a blank we're just a mom or we're just someone who works at an office we could never do a creative career and succeed we're just a stay-at-home we're just a homemaker even if you don't have kids if all you've ever done is stay home and your partner works there can be some identity issues there you thinking oh is that even possible for me am I capable of having a career would I even succeed at something like that and that's where we get stuck and that is where we limit ourselves when we start out with I'm just a blank because you're not just an anything problem with the I'm just a something thing is that not only does it limit you but it's this idea that identity is fixed there's this idea that oh that's just the way I am like how many times have you heard someone say that that's just the way I am that's just the way it's always been I just do it like this there's this idea that who you are is somehow not only fixed but it's almost sentimental to people like oh well this is just who i am and there were that kind of thinking kept me stuck in a lot of really unhealthy patterns that weren't serving me because i had this idea that i needed to be true to myself and really what is myself it was that question that really kind of birthed <laughs> this work and this content is like well who is myself who do I need to be true to? And it was thinking that that made me go all the way back into childhood 
and realized that everything I thought about who I am is just something that had been programmed into me. And I'm not talking about like your core being, your soul. That is untouchable. That essence is not something that can be manipulated by anyone. And I think that there are certain things about us that never change and that are a part of our soul. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about like stories that we have about ourselves. Like, oh, well, I've always been a, a procrastinator. That's just who I am. Or my specific thing that led to this kind of thought spiral was like, well, I'm just an anxious person. I'm just an anxious person. I've always been anxious. And it's true. I remember having anxiety as young at the as the age of eight. And that was just the story that I had been told. That was the story that I told myself that I was just an anxious person. I was someone who struggled with anxiety. I have, um, you know, I was a particular person. I needed things to be a certain way or I felt kind of out of control and like I, I needed to have structure and I told myself that that's just the way that I was. And it wasn't until I examined that closely and realized that no, in fact, that's not how it always was. That was programmed into me. That was a behavior that I learned from looking at my family, from looking at my parents. I learned anxiousness from the people that I grew up with. My mom is an extremely anxious person. My aunt is an extremely anxious person. And I'm not talking about just, you know, anxiety in the sense of a chemical imbalance. I'm not talking about like diagnosis or anything like that. Although I do, I am diagnosed with general anxiety disorder, but I'm talking about the way that I was taught to worry specifically I have a lot of health anxiety and I thought that that was something that had just always been true about me and I remember even as a little kid thinking like oh you know what if I hurt myself and then I need to go to the hospital like those kind of thoughts that weren't normal for a child I just assumed that that's the way it had always been and it turns out when I looked back when I first had this like I said this kind of thought spiral I realized that I grew up surrounded by hypochondriacs so in fact, that's not who I was. That was something that was programmed into me. And I say programmed because we're all like computers. The things that make us do the things we do are like our programs and we're computers. So those things were programmed into me and they made me act a certain way, believe a certain way, think a certain way. And I was holding on to them in this weird way because I thought that's just who I was. And that is the limiting dangerous thing when we don't look at the stories about who we think we are and what we think that that means we're capable of. And we do this with so many different things. For me, it was anxiety and then it was like being from a small town and all of those things compounded and impacted me in different ways. And one day when I'm ready, I really want to do an episode and a blog post and just more content in general about my journey with manifestation and health anxiety and my physical journey because there's so much I want to say about that but I'm just not ready partly because I'm still in process but I know that it's content that is so so necessary so 
if you are intrigued by that or you too are a hypochondriac or grew up around them i am going to be making more content about that about you know manifestation and physical the physical the physical body um and how those two things are linked and how our thoughts impact our bodies and everything like that i'm gonna do more content about that but right now i just feel like it's not ready because it's too raw and i don't really like to teach on something that i don't feel totally embodied or integrated in and that's something that i'm really proud of when it comes to manifestation i you know this is like no shade to anyone who did this but a lot of manifestation teachers will teach you about manifesting the life of your dreams and money and they'll teach you that and all of their money came from their business and it's not that they didn't manifest the money or manifest those experiences they absolutely did and they have no shame in that there's nothing like scammy or weird about that but i lived this way way before i ever had a business i never actually thought to teach this this was like completely separate from my career pursuits and so i think that that gives me just a different perspective on certain things but anyway when we're talking about identity and who we think we are this goes hand in hand with our career goals this goes hand in hand with our money goals with our partnership it's everything it dictates everything you cannot manifest something you don't believe is possible for you more than you don't think you deserve it which is a whole other issue it's if you don't think it's even possible for someone like you and there are baby steps that you can take to start to integrate a different idea of yourself into your reality that's really the first step is what do i want identifying what do you want and then thinking about well what kind of person has that and then embodying that person leaping into that new identity and for me that was scary because like i said i not only believed identity was fixed I also was very sentimental about it. I was like, well, this is who I am. I don't want to change who I am. But then it was coming to the conclusion that who I am is just a bunch of programs. They're the part of me that is me, like I said, the soul, that's untouchable. That's not going anywhere. But holding on to certain patterns because that's the way it's always been or that's just who I am is not only unhelpful, it's just not true. It's just not true. Your sense of self is in flux. Identity is in flux. You can choose to be someone else at any point in time. And I first started to experiment with this in college. <laughs> and I, so I lived about an hour and 40 minutes from Los Angeles, um, give or take, depending on traffic, depending on, you know, etc. But I lived out, you know, not in Los Angeles, but outside of it. And in college, we, me and my friends, we got tired of studying at the like two cafes that were in our town. There was like Starbucks and then one like cafe that was local that did all of the events. So like it was kind of impossible to study there because they, it was the one cafe and they did like everything there. They did like bingo and like different, different things. So 
we got tired of studying in those like five places and we were like why don't we venture out why don't we find some like trendy cute cafe just to kind of like change scenery to kind of make studying more fun and more bearable let's go to a cafe in LA and we were gonna like make it a trip and we looked at this cafe it had amazing reviews it was on sunset and we decided to go and this is like a huge deal because like I said going to LA was like a road trip it wasn't like super close so we went to LA we went to the cafe and I don't know what it was that day but everything just kind of cracked open for me that day when it came to money because even though I might have explained this on the blog before I'm not sure but I grew up I would say in strange financial circumstances i had a lot of experience on both ends of the spectrum so my mom is a single mom and you know in order to give me a better life a better more opportunities she moved in with her sister who made uh significantly more money than she did my aunt and i grew up with my mom but also my aunt and so i had a very interesting experience with money and with access to certain things because we had money and we were well off it was a very you know it was it, I just feel so uncomfortable even saying that because I never felt that way as a kid it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized you know numerically what it meant to make to grow up in a home that made multiple six figures I didn't really know that growing up because even though my aunt you know made good money and we had nice things quote unquote i had nothing to compare it to i wasn't going around comparing my things to people around me and my aunt was also constantly talking about that it all go away she had a lot of issues with scarcity because of the way you know my mom and her siblings grew up they grew up very 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 poor and even though she was out of that and had a good job and had stability she always felt like she was a couple of paychecks from ruin she always felt like it could go away at any second and so i grew up with this kind of money anxiety that it could all go away that you know even though we had it now we might not have it later and so i never felt like safe or secure or like well off or any of those things despite the fact that i was and that we were very much not one paycheck away from ruin so I say all that to say, even though I grew up around money and that I technically never wanted for anything materially, if I asked for something, I got it. It wasn't a big deal, but I didn't grow up with a ton of like love. Like it, it was complicated. <laughs> it's what I'm getting at. It was complicated. But anyway, we went to this cafe on Sunset and I had some huge realizations about money that day. I was looking around at the people coming into the cafe, you know, eating my food, drinking my drink, not studying. And I was looking around and I realized that there were people just the way that they carried themselves. You could tell that they had money. There was just this like invisible aura around them. It was not their clothes. It wasn't anything like that. It wasn't like seeing them in designer or something like that. There was a way that they carried themselves that just I knew that they had money. 
And that later on, I, I knew that that was about identity. That's the way they carried themselves. That's the way they saw themselves. And so that's the way they came off to the world. And I knew that going, if I wanted to get over this idea that I was just from the small town and like people from where I'm from don't succeed and don't do the things that I want to do in the world. In order to get over that, I needed to calibrate to a different level. I needed to see myself in a different way. And so it started with that cafe and that day. And then it kind of progressed. We would, me and my friends, we would save up money. At the time, we did not have very much of it, but we would save up money and we would go to these really fancy, expensive restaurants. And they were these huge, like, they was a huge deal for us. We would like, you know, save money for a couple months you know, sometimes we'd like buy a new outfit or whatever that like wasn't, <laughs> that wasn't expensive, but whatever. We'd buy like a new dress, like Forever 21 or wherever. And we would get dressed and we would make the trip down to LA and we would have dinner. And at the time, you know, $300, $400 dinner was inconceivable. Nobody in our life was doing that. I like, at the time, I don't even think I knew that there were restaurants that cost that much. But I remember specifically for my 19th birthday, we went to this really, oh my gosh, I still, oh, I love that place. <laughs> I, I have been back several times, but I remember going there and it was a huge deal. It was like the most fancy place I'd ever been to. And it was so luxurious and I felt out of place at first and I spent my 19th birthday there and we had dinner and it was amazing. And I remember saying to my friends at the time, laughing about it, I was making a joke. I was being, you know, <laughs> I was being myself. I was being <laughs> funny, but I was like, oh, you know, we we're talking about how special it was. And I was like, guys, one day this is just going to be lunch. One day this is just going to be, I, I said exactly one day this is just going to be fucking lunch. <laughs> I was like, one day we're going to be in a place where this is just takeout. This isn't even going to be big. This isn't going to be this huge thing for us. We're, one day, like, I, we're going to be able to afford this and do it whenever we want. And I remember during, oh God, when was this? Like 20, I just moved back to L.A., so it was like 2018 or 2019. I wanted a salad from there specifically. I love that that salad that's on their appetizer menu. And I got a salad and like a steak and something else. And we just had it. We just got it to go. And I was with some of those same friends. And I cried. <laughs> I was like, I cried. I was like, it is just lunch. I said that all those years ago. And it's true now. And even though that was amazing for like all the growth that had happened in those years, it was about how I saw myself. I don't see myself now as like a small town girl. I don't identify with where I'm from that way anymore. And so I don't feel uncomfortable there. I remember when I was 19 and we went, I felt like out of place. I was like, oh, I'm in this like fancy place. Like, what am I like? I wonder if I'm like sticking out. Like I felt very awkward. And I think even if you've been to a really expensive restaurant, especially in like California, because it's very, I don't know, like we do casual here, especially if it's like by the beach. 
But I remember feeling like I could never go to a restaurant like that if I wasn't like dressed to the nines. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like I love a good, good getting your makeup done and your hair done and like doing it all. I love that. But I thought I had to do that in order to not stick out, in order to not feel like I didn't deserve to be there. And it was, you know, I've got, like I said, I've been back several times. One of the times I went, I looked a mess. Like, I had my hair in a bun. I was wearing, like, just, like, a dress that I had thrown on, like, a casual. It was, like, a cotton dress. And I think I was wearing sandals. Uh, yeah, I was, like, wearing flip-flops or something. And, like, granted, it's, like, near the beach, so, like, it wasn't that big of a deal. But I would never have been able to do that when I was just thinking of myself as, like, the small town girl and like I needed to overcompensate for that. And so the first step is identifying what do you want in it, little things like what, you know, is it, do you want a new house? Do you want a new apartment? Do you want a new car? Do you want a new job? Little things, but also thinking about the big picture, the macro vision for your life. What do you want? What's important to you? And when I realized that what I wanted and what was important to me was travel and freedom when I could hold that vision, the vision came first of what I wanted. And then came the desire to work for myself. And then later the idea for the blog. So it all kinds of happen. It kind of happens in succession, step by step. But the first step is to identify what you want. And when you finally have that, identify who, what kind of person has the thing that you want. When I thought about staying in beautiful hotels and eating at wonderful restaurants and trying food all over the world and you know having certain designer things and I thought about that the small town girl the girl who was just from there could never have those things my identity didn't fit but I as I changed my identity I never sat down and like manifested my Balenciaga wallet that never happened I, I didn't script in my journal like and envision it in my mind. That's not the way it happened. Those things just kind of happened naturally because I changed who I thought I was. I changed my identity. And because I changed how I thought of myself, certain things just manifested automatically. And there are so many states of being, like Neville says, that we can, states of being identities that we can play with and that we can see what they offer us and I definitely want to do an episode about this, but when I was working with my coach, I love her. She is amazing. Cassidy is the best. I'm sure you've heard me gush about her either on Instagram or I think I've even mentioned her probably in emails, maybe not by name, but like my coach when I was being coached by her. She is amazing. But anyway, <laughs> so I don't get off topic and sing her praises, even though she deserves every single one of them. When I was being coached by her, she was telling me that I had this thing about my energy that was just very um, regal. She was like, there's something about you that when you're around people, people just want to help you. They want to help you. They want to give you things. They respect you. There's this very like, royal kind of energy and I laughed and I was like oh my gosh it's my princess codes and it became a thing like codes as in like we all kind of have cheat codes to something like there's something that we're good at that we can offer other people a shortcut to get there and for me <laughs> princess 
identity princess energy is something that is really just kind of a funny like jokey way to say I have an energy of being supported I I definitely identify as someone who is well taken care of and there are a million a million amazing benefits that come from me identifying that way and I will do a whole episode about it but when I say like princess codes it is not gender specific it is not any it's not about like liking pink or girly or, or anything like that it's just the idea that you know princesses get what they want princesses are taken care of princesses are doted on that kind of thing and really we were just joking about the fact that as a child I was called princess one too many times my name is Jasmine lots of people made that joke that like oh princess Jasmine all of my you know cousins are a lot older than me and their friends would call me princess and like my parents and my family and I was like yeah I don't know they just said it too much and like it got to my head <laughs> but in a way like it did and this idea that uh, this identity that I'm like taken care of that people want to take care of me and I think that that even though it scares me to talk about that because I feel like it can come off as like being like spoiled or like entitled and I definitely don't want it to come off that way I think it's so important for women especially to be able to embody this idea of being well supported and well taken care of because yes of course you can do it yourself and of course independence is important but a lot of us overwork ourselves a lot of us try to prove our independence and really it's okay to let people take care of you. It's okay to let yourself be well taken care of. But yes, so I really think that's it for this episode about identity. I, it's, I mean, this is definitely going to be an ongoing topic. I write about this all the time. I talk about it all the time. I have an Instagram post, which maybe I'll link in the show notes if I feel like it's relevant. But yeah, I write about this. I It's definitely going to be a part of my content. It's in the new course that's coming up that hasn't launched yet. It is going to be my biggest course yet about manifestation. It is going to have all of my knowledge, everything that I've learned in the last like so long, like I don't even definitely over 10 years about manifestation and about manifesting everything that you desire in this life it is literally going to be amazing it is going to blow your mind i cannot wait to launch it but all you know the identity work how to do that how to calibrate how to see yourself as someone who has what you want all of that is in there the the course is structured around getting you to be able to manifest everything you want automatically it's not just this thing where you have to sit down and do piece by piece like i said there are no one hit wonders here i'm interested in sustainability i am interested in you being able to manifest whatever you want automatically because you believe that you are someone who deserves those things who gets those things and so i can't wait for that but so it's going to be a part of my work and we're going to talk more about this. But I think that is all for today. And even though the manifestation course has not launched yet, but very, very soon, 
you should check out the Magnetic Manifestor workbook. It will help you get clear on what you want. Because like I said, that's step one. A lot of the times we don't even let ourselves really think about what we want. We censor and filter that out of our brains when we we don't even let ourselves be honest about it. And that's really kind of the idea behind the name of the blog, Return to Daydreams, to get you to a point where you get back to being able to want and daydream and desire without shame, without filtering, without being like, oh, well, is that really possible? Because that's step one is getting honest with yourself. What do you really want? Not, well, I want that, but it's not possible. Or I want that, but eh." no, it's not about censoring yourself at all. It's if anything were possible, because it is, (laughs) what would you want? What would you want? What would you go for? What would you do? What would you create? What would you stop fucking settling for? (laughs) So the Magnetic Manifestor Workbook is going to help you with that. It's going to help you get clear on what you want. It is, I believe, 50 plus bonus journal prompts that help you get clear on what you want. The topics in the journal, in the workbook, range from money to relationships to career development through, you know, things like manifesting a home, manifesting an apartment. Like there are so many different topics in the workbook it is so good it is so juicy i get the most feedback on the workbook all the time you guys message me on instagram about how there was someone who sent me a video on instagram which i didn't even know you could do that like i'm so behind i didn't know that you could send videos through messages on instagram i knew that you could send audio messages because i send those all the time but i didn't know you could send videos but yes someone sent me this beautiful video about how it worked for her and how she had manifested more money in her bank account and the magnetic manifestor workbook is everything so if you don't have it you should get it because it is what i was talking about step one is getting clear on what you want not what you want the filtered version but what you really, really want, being really honest and vulnerable with yourself and allowing yourself to desire openly without fear, without shame and without limit. That is what the Manifestor Workbook was created to do. But yeah, like I said, we're going to talk more about identity work. I can't wait. Think, I mean, this is definitely probably a little bit all over the place, but that's fine. Like I'm okay with the manic energy if you are. Um, but yeah, uh, follow me on Instagram at return to daydreams. You can obviously read the blog at return to daydreams.com. And I love you so much. I believe in you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. Thank you for supporting and talk soon. Bye. If this was helpful for you, you can go to returntodaydreams.com for even more manifestation, mindset, and business content. You can also follow me at Return to Daydreams on Instagram and all other social media platforms. I believe in you so, so deeply. And until next time, don't give up on your daydreams.